Welcome back to Link to the Cast, your weekly dose of video games and nerd culture ephemera, available everywhere good podcasts are sold. I'm your party host, Dave Ryan. Uh, Mark Robinson is away on assignment this week, but fear not, I'm joined by the man himself, the Sidona simp, the champion of Europe, the head of the table, it's Jack Lazell. Jack, how are you? I am indeed a champion of Europe, Dave. Thanks very much for that intro, yeah. The, I noticed the gritted teeth that you said that through. But, uh, gritted teeth, but I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, because I'm laying the groundwork now that when, when United are backfiring all cylinders about 20 years from now and we're still inevitably doing this podcast, I expect similar <laughs> begrudging kudos. Yeah, I think it's funny, like, the reaction from, like, half of the people I know who like football have been like, oh man, I'm happy for you. I'm not happy for Chelsea. Yeah. I'm happy for yeah. you. And the other half of yeah. them are just, they don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I had my list of people I was happy for on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that tweet where I said, these are the people I'm happy for tonight. And it was like Kai Havertz and Jack Lazell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I got a shout from Jamesy, uh, me and Daniel Ricciardo, I think it was. Uh, yeah. And that was it. The two, the two good Chelsea fans. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry to, to go in bit. I mean, obviously, we're just warming up for our Euros podcast here with the, the last bit of, of club football that yeah. we can squeeze out of the orange of the 2021 season. Yeah, and once again, Mark's not here, so we'll just talk about whatever shit we want. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we're acting like we're sort of like this rebellious pair talking about whatever we want to blah, yeah. blah. Or, or that like Mark's our dad. Yeah, Mark's our dad. He's out of the house, fucking party. <laughs> but the funny thing is, he never stops us from talking about what we're talking about anyway. <laughs> it's, it's not that he never stops us, it's that he he can't. Because yeah. he, has, he has tried, uh, you know, to make a better podcast for it, but we just steamroll through with Bob Hoskins chat. Yeah, it's a very much uh, rebel without a cause type situation, I would say, with us, yeah. where we're just like, yeah. yeah. Rebel, rebels without a clue. Exactly, rebels without a yeah. m- rebels without motive as well. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, you, you've laid the teaser there quite well. Next week, probably instead of your regularly scheduled link to the cast, we're going to have our Titanic Euros preview show, which is Sort of technically long been in the works, but really the work has begun this week uh, on it. And we think it's going to be our best yet. um, I like to think I've been preparing for it my whole life just by watching people (laughs) kick around spherical objects on a green beigey pitch. You've you you've put in the legwork and now it's time for it to pay off. Not uh, the literal uh, legwork. I don't run around at all. Other than that, uh, how have you been this week, my friend? Yeah, not too bad. Just got the old uh, COVID vaccination today. So uh... Uh, so between us, there is one uh, fully vaccinated host <laughs> because we've both had one jab. Yeah, exactly. Not, none for, it's 1-1-0 one, one, between me, you and Mark at the moment. Uh, but yeah. yeah. It seems to it seems to be the new version of like before Christmas he was getting trolled by not being able to find a, a PS5 anywhere and now this year it's everybody's getting vaccines before him. Uh, but his gimmick might have been that he's like been having the vaccine and that's why he's not here now. Yeah. So 
it's finally possible fi- yeah finally five years later the chickens are coming home to roost that he probably could have had one if he still lived in England but that would mean he'd have to have lived in England for the last five years yeah I mean there are there are things about this country that uh, <laughs> haven't been the best in the last couple of years so I kind of don't blame him yeah uh, yeah there are times when I look at things that happen in my country with the same in the same way that uh, people from outside the country look at us so yeah it'd be nice to be able to be safe to look at them and just go <laughs> oh England <laughs> will you ever learn oh you silly sausages <laughs> Yeah, silly colonial people, you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we uh, we 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 pr- we persevere and we press on and we try and make the place better. How was the vaccination process over there, and, and how are you feeling currently? Yeah, so like they just basically had everyone queue up. It was pretty busy, and um, it was it Where, was. What kind of venue was it? Uh, it was like a sort of council building, right? Um, in where, which is actually a place. I'm not actually questioning. Mm. where it was i had the vaccination um and yeah it was uh a simple process it took a bit of time and and it was peeing down with rain today and as i was leaving people were having to queue outside because there were so many people trying to get in there yeah and uh we're getting rained on so i'd imagine the sort of anxiety for some people that an uh vaccination would bring was not being yeah. improved by the fact that they were getting absolutely soaking wet outside but yeah i feel knackered yeah. I don't know if anyone else has had it. I had the uh, I had the Pfizer. I know like the Zeneca and stuff. Yeah, uh, people I was report AstraZeneca all day, baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there's some sort of competing thing. Who's yeah. more immune? Yeah, um, I'm all about AZ. Whether it's AstraZeneca or Alkmaar, I'm here for it. Yeah, I know. There you go. Remember when Steve McLaren guided them to a title? Damn straight. What a strange and time. His, and he had his fake Dutch accent. Yeah, exactly. Not as good as Joey Barton's fake French accent. But anyway, we move. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, It's been like a a pretty wild and busy couple of weeks for me. Um, And there's been a lot of like podcast recorded and work being done. But yeah, it's good. I'm feeling tired and I haven't even been jabbed in the arm with anything uh today like in the last week alone without getting too much into the the weeds and the kind of work i do uh i i shot a music video (laughs) which was a first for me yeah what you don't see is that dave's currently sitting here in a sort of like auteur style uh (laughs) directorial chair with his name on the back right now damn straight where's that kid with my latte um, yeah, exactly yeah uh which yeah it was a it was a new experience for me uh, it's part of like um delivering things through through youth arts and there was a campaign that we were working on that wanted video submissions so so we did it and it was a real it's a real cool process because like i suppose i i at first i didn't see it as, as one but the more time goes on and the more I, I mention to people that I do this kind of thing podcasting that like it is a creative endeavor of sorts it's just not the kind of like when you think creative endeavor you usually think like art or music but it is do you know what I mean you know yeah. craft and work goes into it you know and it's like it is a creative endeavor and this was kind of like another layer to that challenge because you know for us we open the heat we throw in the what we want to talk about we see when the three of us are around and then we go. You know what I mean? We just point the microphones yep. at ourselves and we record and then, you know, you handle the post-production and boom. Uh, for this, like, you know, when you're doing a film project, however amateurish and however, like, kind of lo-fi, you're still talking, like, a longer pre-production lead-in because you want to talk about what 
what do we want to cover? You know, we, we storyboard it out. We need to think of shooting locations. We need to think of things like color temperature and um, weather. Because, uh, you know, if you want to shoot things outdoors, uh, it gets much more complicated. Um, yeah. yeah. And then also wrangling like we were, you know, the 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 group of people that were, were putting it together and myself and the other guy I work with were kind of just shepherding it along. Uh, it was like a group of nearly 12 people. So like trying to get uh, 12 people through that process and feel that they've all contributed and can see their work in the completed piece is a really interesting thing but fuck me like it's exhausting do you know yeah. I'd, I'd sooner record like uh, <laughs> a game of the year length show every night of the week than have to do another <laughs> uh, another uh, one of those anytime yeah. soon but like I, I think everyone enjoyed it but yeah that's As just like the kind of it was one of those times where you just sit around and go like this is the kind of like I have a lot of these moments in my work where I sit back and I just go I'm getting paid to do this. Like we were, we were in a park the other week thinking up ideas for this thing. And at one point I paused because what was happening was me and the other guy I work with were sword fighting with sticks while one of the other people in the group was playing Duel of the Fates on Spotify <laughs> out loud in the park. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, so yeah, like it's pretty weird. Um, as well this week, I uh, myself and the same guy I work with ended up having to uh, break into a car. Okay. Yeah, we were at a big staff thing, so like, I thought you were gonna say just on a bet. You just <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you just be like, well, I have a Lotus well, Elise now. Look, uh, Jack, if you know much about the town that I'm from in Ireland, you'd know that it's not like too far out of character. <laughs> <laughs> if I was just to do it just for the laugh. But uh, no, we're so because everything is still socially distant and we can't all meet inside and we haven't all seen each other in nearly a year and a half now since it started. If you're going to have a big staff thing, you kind of have to arrive in pods and you have to find big outdoor locations. So we went out to this big kind of country manor. It's about 40 minutes from my house. As you were driving there, was Country House by Blur playing in your head? No, but it is a regret that I now have about the whole the whole endeavor. Yeah. Um, but as we were we were going, so we came back to the car park after we'd done some walks around the forest and stuff. And we came back to the car park where there was going to be a free lunch spread put on. It was actually a top burger. I, I'd give it a strong eight out of ten. Uh, maybe just a little bit more sauce would have pushed it into the nines, but that's that's besides the point. As we were no, no ketchup, like raw sauce. No, it, well, yeah, any, any, <laughs> I, I was going to say any type of sauce, but I don't want to open that door for Lazel to, <laughs> to go, oh, raw sauce. any kind of sauce. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so as we were coming back into the car park, there was a kind of a really frantic woman standing there, and it was because um, she had locked her keys inside the car, but also her child. Ah. And the child was not old enough to be able to get out of its child seat in the car, let alone out of the car by itself. Um, and because we're out in this kind of isolated country place, she rang the AA and they said, like, it could be an hour plus. And you're like, it's a hot day and this kid is locked in the car and the windows yeah, are completely open. Boil. Yeah, so we ended up having to get, like, so first we got, like, a, a couple of pry bars to see if we could, uh, like, pry open the window, let the window drop into the door so we could kind of, you know, open the door from the uh, outside and, you know, fish the child out that way. Didn't happen, so we ended up having to cave in a car window at Hammers, yeah. which was cool. That's what you, yeah. <laughs> 
I take uh, it you just you just put like a like a blanket or something over it and just smash right like that's yeah. how you have to do that's it. That's what we put uh, we put mask and tape around it as well so that um, hopefully when it's smashed it would stay stuck to the mask and tape instead of yeah. fly across at the child because you know it was a small enough car there was no window we could get to that would be guaranteed to not have glass fly at the child otherwise. I love it if you just went, oh, the only logical possibility is the windscreen and just threw a hammer straight yeah. through a windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was a whole thing. But uh, yeah, other than that, good. I'll tell you what, Jack, I'm super hyped because as we're recording this on the Friday, on Monday, the cinemas are back in Ireland. Ooh, big stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, cinemas have been back for about a week or so here, but there's nothing that's really caught my uh, caught my eye. I think Quiet Place 2 is out. I, I kind of feel like in my head I said to myself that the first thing I want to see in cinemas again is Fast 9. Yeah. So, you know. The, um, I I kind of want to go on the day, even though, yeah, I like I'd like to see Quiet Place too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, if I was going to see something new, I'd prefer it was something big, dumb and spectacular like F9. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I think we've talked about it like when, when lockdown started, lockdown won yay those many months ago that like the cinema was my thing you know like after a tough day in work or you like just when i want to kind of have an excuse to put the phone away and be distracted by something for a while the cinema was the the best thing and you're you're kind of the same in that regard yeah definitely i think um it's weird because it was always something that would be a choice on the way home from work and i haven't got the train into work for a long time now so that's kind of the strange part is that it was yeah. always like a, a a detour on on my way home rather mm. than uh like a, an actual outing that i would that i would do so yeah that's the fun that's that's the weird part is that now i know i'm having to go out of my way which yeah. i absolutely will do to see fast and furious 9 by the way because holy shit yeah whereas me like it's like a what 15 minute walk from my house maybe yeah, um, it's like so. it's it's like a twenty five minute walk in two train stations, and then a five minute walk for yeah. me. So a bit it's, more of a commitment. Yeah, so it's like I think the first showing of Quiet Place Two on Monday is like eleven o'clock or something, and I'm thinking about it. Yeah, um, I, it's the best time to see a horror movie as well. If you yeah. see a horror movie at like eleven o'clock in the morning, when you come out the other side of it, you're just like, eh, yeah, not not that scary now. Yeah, because it's still daylight and shit like that. Um, exactly but yeah it's 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 gonna be a good time uh i'm excited to get back and see all sorts of shit speaking of terrifying i have a copy of resident evil village sitting next to me that, that oh, finally mate. made its way to me uh today is it still is it still in the plastic uh oh no so it's like i borrowed it off my friend my good friend ah. david and he uh i say david because i didn't i was gonna say dave but then i'm like yeah <laughs> people really confuse the hell out of people but yeah my good, my, my good friend dave that lives here rather than you you're back with uh, dave yeah look i mean you need dave's um turns out dave's good people um if, you, if you're thinking of, if you're thinking about dave you know whether you want to date one smell one touch one whatever you want to do with a dave <laughs> I, I would recommend it yeah <laughs> thanks mate <laughs> yeah just say I'll, 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 br- I'll bring up that you said that at the next meeting yeah you, sh- you should do at yeah the well, the dave's, dave's. yeah the council of dave's <laughs> I would love it to be like a panel of you. I'm now just thinking of like Council of Ricks and Rick and Morty. I see. Whole, I was. Like, we. I went. 
a different way on the nerdy track. I went to the Council of Reeds in that Hickman Fantastic Four run where it's just all the Reed Richards from uh, different dimensions. Yeah, I no doubt would say that the Council of Ricks from Rick and Morty is 100% based on that. Yeah. Uh, knowing Dan Harmon being yeah. the, you know, absolute nerd that he is. But yeah. yeah, that's, to me, I'm thinking a bit more, con- like the most contemporary reference I could land on. But yeah, yeah. Just, just you, the Do former you know? Formula One racing driver, David Coulthard and, and David Beckham, just as the main three on that's the panel. That's pretty good, though. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, did you the, the wild fucked up shit? Did you ever read that Hickman run? I no. So, I, do you know what Fantastic Four is? Is a, a as a kind of comics universe that I I don't know too much about, and I mm. didn't read too much of because it didn't the really films were me. excessively off-putting. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You know, it's funny because um, I'm not going to be the kid that's like, oh, I knew about comics because you know, like the original like um, Sp- Spider-Man movie came out in 2002, and I would have been like 13, 14. Yeah, which when I had no one around me in my life influencing me to get involved in any kind of comic reading or comics of any kind, it would have been yeah. something that I had to dig out for myself. Uh, and I wasn't about to go and pay. And, and that sort of stuff in the films is, is what kind of got me into it. And yeah, mm. those Fantastic Four films were probably bad. So I don't think I really kind of got into the Fantastic Four as much. But, you know, we're praying for Marvel to do a bang-up job. But yeah, uh, yeah. And anyway, worth but a yeah, read then, so, you're saying. Yeah, so like he goes, the, the it starts off with uh, Reed Richards from the, like the, the main Earth um, in, in Marvel. I can't remember what it's 616. Yeah, yeah, Earth 616. And he... Um, he's trying to solve everything like literally solve everything (laughs) and you know through circumstances he ends up going to this council of reeds i nearly said council of ricks and it's all the different (laughs) and you know it's cool at first because you're seeing all the different versions like there's a version uh there's a version of reed where the reed in that universe became the the version of namor so he's the submariner of that universe and i think there was three reeds that had infinity gauntlets um so yeah it's pretty cool but then like later on you get to see the real dark side of it and that is like that the the ricks have gone or not the ricks the reeds have gone (laughs) i did it after saying i nearly did it you really did Uh, so rick c132 yeah yeah. the reeds have gone mad with power and there's like this basement where all the doctor dooms have been lobotomized oh my god that's horrendous (laughs) and they're just standing around going doom doom (laughs) It's, what so they basically basically turn them into pokemon mindless zombies like it's oh they can my only God. say their own name yeah it's so fucked up man it's so comics are weird man yeah thanks bob chipman yeah. <laughs> yeah i've never been more insulted in my life <laughs> he's um, pretty uh, do you not like movie bob um i hmm <laughs> It's a it's a more layered conversation than it was a couple of years ago with some of his uh, his uh, his Twitter rampages. Oh, uh, you see, this is what happens. Stalking. He, uh, oh dear! Like this is what <laughs> happens. And, and Dave, I feel like you do this with to me quite I'm a lot. So sorry. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's not right. Um, it's not right that that. I make you feel bad about it but like I'll get into something or I'll like something and I'll, I'll say it to Dave and I'm like hey this thing is really good as a person who despite being online doesn't really follow a lot of people on Twitter generally kind of ignores people's social media output because I just you know I kind of don't care yeah. um, and then like you know you'll be like oh that person's a big old racist or oh that yeah. person's this that or the other and I'm like oh man really uh, I think I think Ian did it to me with uh, with so, Nick Robinson a, a couple of months ago where he's like, oh, oh yeah. that guy's cancelled. Oh, yeah. 
And I had no idea. Super cancelled. Yeah. And it sucked because I'd I'd gone on his YouTube and watched like a couple of videos he did, and they were so great. Like it was really, really good. And editing and journalistically is so good. And then and then he was like, Yeah, that that guy's cancelled. I'm like, oh why? And then I read and I was like, Oh "Oh, no. Like Phoebe style. Yeah, yeah. Oh look, we all have those times. Um unfortunately and covering seems games, to happen to especially. me a lot these days <laughs> i mean yeah. in one way i uh, i'm envious of it because like stuff doesn't get ruined for you at quite the same fucking prodigious rate that it does for me seeing all this shit as it's happening yeah um, but yeah um i was gonna say something else there uh before we got into shit but i've i've completely forgotten it now jack so you, uh, you could have missed the we could have taken a segue off um, into things that we've watched this week when I did well, the Phoebe thing. That's what I was thinking of doing. Um, oh, smashed yeah, it. I, See, I, I hive sp- mind. Yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll hit up the, the Friends reunion, seeing as you, you've tipped the cap towards it now, because I've only did got you a watch couple it? of little things. I haven't watched it yet. The most uh, I have indulged is how... Is Matt LeBlanc. Based, yeah, is based on how the entirety of Ireland uh, championed Matt LeBlanc as a meme, uh, because he does look like the quintessential Irish uncle. Um and like I don't know how many of those jokes are hitting home for you, Jack. But honest all to God, like yeah, last weekend when all of them were coming out, I think every single one of them, I was absolutely gone, Same. absolutely gone. And yep. I don't think because I was worried about it, and then I saw our good friend Barry watched it and confirmed that it would be the case. Is that when you've seen the meme and then watch it, you can't think of anything else? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw it before the meme memification of it, yeah. and I did just think like Matt LeBlanc just looks so like first of all doesn't give a shit about you know the traditional Hollywood values and ideals of like how he's supposed to look, how he's supposed to talk, how he's supposed to think. He was just very Matt LeBlanc, and yeah. it gives no fucks. And to me, that filled me with joy because he was just you know it was like there's uh, there's a scene in it where everybody's like written on the back of board of one of the sets you know they've written all these emotional messages to cast the crew and then it just pans down to matt leblanc's message and he just writes simply i shit here matt leblanc (laughs) (laughs) and then he is literally dave like you talk about him being an uncle he is doubled over laughing at himself from something that he wrote like 15 years ago to the point where schwimmer loses it as well because he can't actually fathom this fucking idiot how how silly he is to be laughing at a joke he made 15 years ago um and yeah there's there's plenty of moments like that with leblanc in it where you are just like yeah complete uncle humor um it's it's not just uh the demeanor and the the look and the sort of body language it's, it's his sense of humor as well yeah you would love matt leblanc to be your uncle trust me after oh, yeah. watching this thing. And the best part of the whole irish uncle thing is when everybody then figured out that he's actually uh dating an irish girl at the moment <laughs> Oh, is he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just perfect. So like not everything is going to be lost on him or at the very least there's someone there to interpret the memes for him. I'd love to know what he thought of it. I, I'd I, say I, like, he seems like he'd love it. He would be up for it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the the extent to which he kind of sent himself up in, in episodes, if you ever saw that. Mm. Uh, I Oh, I mean, that is a really good show. Tamsin yeah. Gregg, um, Stephen Mangan. Um, it's funny because the two coolest people I thought of the six 
in the uh, in the reunion were Matt LeBlanc and Lisa Kudrow, and they're also the two that I've most liked the output of since. Well, I mean, yeah, um, they're the two that I suppose have had the the most consistent output since, because like I think there was like, um, so I suppose Courtney Cox did like the Cougar Town thing, which yeah, I to mean, me, which is to right. me, yeah, it was a success, and to me, the like the the peak of that success is the whole Abed going on <laughs> to Cougar Town that. thing, um. You know, the two most watched clips from Cougar Town are when Arbed was on there in the background yeah. and he actually played it out from like the My Dinner with Andre kind of thing where he was talking about it. Yeah. And the one scene where I can't my, remember. My, my I, Dinner with Andre, Dinner with Jeff. Yeah, Dinner with Andre, Dinner with Jeff. And the, <laughs> and the scene where um, I think it's Sam Lloyd's character in Cougar Town who played Ted in Scrubs gets yeah. a, like he gets a crack on the head. R. And R. then basically. One, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it's such a shame that guy was brimming with talent. He was so funny and such a good singer. And yeah, that 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 was awful news last year. But um, yeah, he gets us clung on the head, and then all basically all of the cast of Scrubs turn up, and you just see him <laughs> freaking out, Ted style, and like you know, like the sweats coming on the forehead again and stuff. And I think like uh, if you go on YouTube, sweat. yeah, if you go on YouTube, those are like the two, <laughs> the, probably the two most watched clips from the show. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What was your relationship with with Friends? Um, we talked a bit about it. I think when Mark, because uh, Mark got into watching Friends again, didn't he? Yeah. And he he talks about it on the show maybe I so, say six months ago. So I loved the show at the time, and I, like I distinctly remember like st- like staying up. I was allowed stay up to watch the new episode of Friends on RTE and then go to bed when I was in primary school because I think it was on at like I don't know, like half eight or nine or something like that on a on a Monday night on RTE. And then I could go to bed. I still remember, like, I've never had Bailey's in my life, but it was sponsored by Bailey's. So, like, for a 10 year or like for like an eight, nine, 10 year old, I had a real Jones and for Bailey's at a young age. <laughs> um, but and I, they say advertising doesn't work on kids. Yeah. I, I love it. I, like, I loved it at the time. Uh, I think that every time I've gone back to visit it as an adult, some things I remember very fondly and some things like it feels like every time I go back to it, a different thing hasn't aged well. And like comedy is the quickest to age. You know, I I don't want to rehash the whole Scrubs thing. Um, you know, uh, seeing as <laughs> that's already, Garrett Kidney's music, yeah, you've already raised the ire of Garrett Kidney once this week by burying Hook. Uh, but <laughs> I do, can I confirm? I have literally no idea who Hook is. Oh, uh, that's him, even worse, mate. That is even saw, worse. Is it really? I saw him once, and you told me his name was Hook, and, and you I was hate like, it. I don't like that name because it doesn't seem like it suits him. And Man, oh. just dig up. Yeah, but like it doesn't seem like it's. I don't feel like you know. I've got no issues with him as a guy. I'm sure he seemed like he was good at his job. I as just... soon as flights to the UK from Cork are happening again, you're a dead man. <laughs> <laughs> but like, here's my point, right? Okay, when Powerhouse Hobbs came out, I saw Powerhouse Hobbs, and before <laughs> I even saw that caption, I was like, "There is a man who looks like his yeah. name is." powerhouse hobbs yeah. i look at hook i don't see a hook it's kind of like when you see like a baby called steve or something right you're <laughs> like that's a weird name for a baby oh look there's a baby gary little baby gary over there like it's just <laughs> you know what i mean like some 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 babies don't ha- just have names that just don't see them like you dave when you're a baby dave is a dude name isn't it like well, yeah, I, 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 I was like david until probably secondary school yeah david davy boy 
Well, not definitely. David, David Boy, definitely not a thing that people get called over here. Dave the Rave. Uh, but yeah, it was like... Yeah. Uh, my, my buddy that I lived with in college did try to get Dave Rave, the turntable slave, going when I was yeah. in college as a nickname. But the thing about having like a monosyllabic name that you go by anyway is that it's tough to build on that for a nickname. Trust me, as a Jack, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, no one's given me the nickname in school because it's like, like oh, Jack. Ja. Yeah, so, uh, who's that? Ack. Yeah, right. Oh, the actor. Oh, the actor. Hey, <laughs> there he comes, acting up and down everywhere around. Oh, it's Axel, Jim Duggan. Yeah. Uh, uh. Anyway, so Hook, yeah. Anyway, back away from Hook. Hook seems like a, a, a lovely young gentleman, a talented wrestler. I just think from an SEO perspective and I a name, it doesn't suit from him. from Friends reunion to Hook. <laughs> back to Friends. Yeah, I, I guess, like... Like it's there's impossible. A, there's a lot of gay and trans panic stuff in particular. Like that was the first stuff that ages really yeah. bad. Some of some of the gags as well. Like I sometimes like there's really funny episodes still that I'm like, okay, you know, I'm still chuckling away at this. And then there are other episodes where I think to myself, like, am I enjoying this because I think it's funny now? This is exactly what I said with Scrubs. Or am I enjoying it because I still have the memories of how much I enjoyed it then? You know what I mean? If this was a new show now exactly like this, would it be a show I would watch? And I, I'm not sure what the answer to that question is. Yeah, but it's like, you know, if you hear a pop song from the 90s that was when you were a kid, even if you didn't like it that much of the time, it's going to strike you more than when you hear a pop song now. Yeah, I actually the, the theme of one of the things I was going to talk about in my section as well as rewatching something from when you were younger. But uh, we, we'll get yeah. to that in due course. Um, yeah, if you uh, could for- like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, mm. all of the media that you've watched in your life out yeah. of your head and rewatch it, mm. you definitely it definitely wouldn't hit you in the same way. One hundred percent, it wouldn't. If you played the games that you played, like the you know, yeah. Dave, think about this. You love Doom, right? Yeah. You might Don't play start Doom. coming for Doom now. No, 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 but I'm not I'll saying fucking, any- I'll be helping Garrett bury the body. <laughs> this is the thing. I'm not coming for anything, right? Um, which is, yeah, Except gro- it, Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I love how literally from, within 30 seconds, I went from not knowing who Hook was to me thinking, oh, I don't know if that name really suits him, to Ian tweeting it, to Garrett burying me. Within like, was a minute, wasn't it? The whole process. It was so quick. And then Alan Farrell, like you know, the the, the great <laughs> he absolutely went in. The great, the great, like absolute paragon of virtue yeah, from Twitter. Just both feet on you, <laughs> absolutely, just taking me out. Being when I, all Twitter the, reducer on you. Yeah, I I didn't realize how uh, how it's, much it's blown up way worse than your vendetta with Tetris effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I probably said harsher things about Tetris Effect. Yeah, <laughs> I think the only thing that I publicly said about Hook was Hook more like fart, which <laughs> doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it left me in actual tears on a Zoom call when you did it. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing so much. I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever said in my life, but I'm going to tweet it anyway. <laughs> and then people thought that I was like, come at Hook, I'm definitely not. Um, Friends. Yeah, I'm, I'm not coming at Doom either, but I'm saying like, Maybe you say if you played, like, you, you've deleted all of the, the media that you've enjoyed in your life out of your brain, right? Yeah. And there's, like, there's like deep emotional reasons that you're connected to Doom. You know, you, and you reach for Doom on a day where you're not necessarily in the right frame of mind, or you're tired, or angry, or whatever. Like, someone, like, United just lost, I don't know, you fucking dropped a great sandwich on the way to work, I don't know. Any of the things that would throw a man off his game, mm. sandwiches and football mainly. 
Uh, maybe that's just me. But, like, you might not enjoy it. You might be like, yeah, yeah. You don't know. And it's not because of the quality of the game, necessarily, or the what it's presenting. Even if what it's presenting is now out of date and has kind of, you know, evaporated a little bit in time. But it's just th- things form the connection you form the connection with something at the age and at that time in your life with all of your thoughts and feelings the way they are at the time so Mm. when you get older and you should evolve because if you go back and watch something and you think you feel exactly the same way about it if you feel exactly the same way about it then there's something a bit wrong with that because it means that you haven't evolved your thoughts and your feelings i mean if it's something simplistic slapstick comedy like i don't know Everyone always in this country goes on about Del Boy falling through the yeah. bar or whatever. Which or if it's something that's done dispute at 10 out of 10, like Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah, like Arrested Development is still funny, you know, and it has, there hasn't, but even that, like, can you is believe a little bit... it's 18 years since that show? No, started. but even that's a little bit tainted by the fact that Jeffrey Tambor was horrible to Jessica Water and now Jessica Water has passed away. So when I'm watching the old episodes, some of that stuff is still kind of in the back of my head a little bit, yeah. and it shouldn't be because I still really like the show and think the show is really funny, but it's kind of really difficult to go back and ever view I, things through the same prism as the first time you I, saw them. I was trying to think of, like, where where the other friends have popped up in that I've seen them more, and, like, obviously they tried to make Jenis- Jennifer Aniston happen as a big A-lister f- movie star it, for years. It worked just... for a good five, ten years, and then I think now she's just kind of in the circles and doesn't really do a lot of movies and um, stuff. Matthew Perry did a lot of like stuff oh. afterwards I saw him in. Like he, he had a little stint on the West Wing. He was in the next Sorkin show, Studio Sixty, which was like it's a really interesting show to watch because it's like it's about a subject I'd be very interested in, which is like about the chief executives of a Saturday Night Live type show. Except the funniest thing about it is because the sketches you get glimpses of are written by Aaron Sorkin, they're incredibly not funny. Yeah, <laughs> like so, they are painfully unfunny sketches on us. Plus, someone else already did that. It was called Thirty Rock, and it was yeah. fantastic. Um, he was also in Jumber, the whole nine yards, hmm. and the whole ten yards. Yeah. a few years after that, I don't think I yeah. ever watched the sequel. I think they were kind of out around the time of Friends. Like, Matt Perry on the show, yeah, Friends was not- still on when the whole nine yards came out. Yeah. Matt Perry on the show did not look in good health. Um, no, apparently it came out because people were thinking he'd had a relapse because like he got clean yeah. in, what was it, 2004 or something? But he yeah. was saying that he had had like major dental surgery or something. Yeah, And, and I they just feel couldn't sad. move the date anymore. I, can, I feel sad for him because people just don't believe it. Yeah. Like everyone that I said that to who watched that Friends thing's like, oh yeah, dental surgery. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you motherfucker might have had dental surgery like you know just because he's had a problem with, with with drugs and stuff in the past doesn't necessarily mean that like it's still it was still an ongoing thing for him but i think because i think because chandler is kind of to me one of the easier characters to connect with in the show mm. if not the easiest because he's a some lot of people he's a lot of people's entry level favorite character like yeah a, a lot of people end up with a different favorite character but like if you're just uh, imagine in the 90s if you're changing to the station because he gets so many of the punchlines, he's a guy yeah. you, you gravitate towards first i felt for him because he told a story on there about how like because i'm meant to be the funny guy i'm the guy with all the jokes that I have like a panic attack, like an anxiety attack. He was saying, if somebody doesn't find something I said funny, whether it's the delivery or the the way the punchline yeah. is or something like that. And he says, 
anytime like he would throw something out you know whether it was scripted or not scripted and it didn't get a laugh he said it would just be like a dagger at him yeah. and it seemed like it, there was a lot of anxiety issues yeah. that that he had when filming the show and that mm. kind of probably would think well, you think about let him that way you think about what a ratings juggernaut it was like if, oh. he, if he's the guy who feels like he's responsible for most of the punchlines in a sitcom like he's got to feel the weight of that on his shoulders but um and then oh, David Schwimmer, I think like, I'm thinking Band of Brothers. <laughs> I liked him in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but outside of that, I can't, nothing is immediately coming to mind for me. I've seen a bit of intelligence, um, that thing that he's in with uh, with the trainer guy from uh, Ted Lasso yeah. uh, on Sky One. That's pretty funny. Hmm. It's just wacky, David Schwimmer being wacky. Yeah, he went the other way for a long time because I think he felt like, you know, he, he didn't want to be typecast as, as Ross Geller. So a lot of the stuff he was in were like more serious dramas and he did a lot of plays and stuff, stayed off TV. and Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, he, he um, I probably will watch it eventually, as off-putting as James Cor- James Corden is. Yeah, he's kept to a minimum, which is thankful because I just I just feel like they could have got anyone better than him to do that. Yeah. Like anyone better than him would have. Do you know who, who would have been great? Like even though he's not a presenter, but just as somebody like tangentially. Oh, I was going to say Conan, but yeah, go on. I was going to say Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd would have been very good. And we didn't get any Paul Rudd on the show, probably because yeah. Paul Rudd is now bigger than all of the cast of Friends, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. But probably still somehow learns earns less than them because of residuals. Oh, yeah, those were... Yeah, but th- how many seasons was he in? It was like two or three they, at the they end. They could have all gone into hiding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But oh, he, he wouldn't... He wouldn't, like... He would still get some money, but I think it's like when... um isn't it when you've been in 100 episodes or when the show gets to 100 episodes syndication, with the main yeah. cast member, that's when the big money comes in. Yeah, they, they, they can and syndicate they all had a, a cut of the show when they renegotiated oh, as well, I think. Mate. Yeah, they would be on sickening amounts of money. And they were only in a mill an episode in like the mid-2000s. Yeah, just as their base pay. Yeah. So think about the fucking interest just on, you yeah. know, like, I was like the last two or three seasons, you know, and that would have been like 50 episodes. So yeah. without even looking at the rest of their career earnings, that's 50 million pounds and that'd be quite enough for me. Thank you very much yeah. forever. I have watched a few bits this week. The newest things I have watched. Firstly, I watched Inside, which is the new Bo Burnham Netflix comedy special that he filmed by himself in his house over a series of months. Yeah, I've seen clips from it and it looks like a person slowly going crazy. Um, It isn't not that, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of, if you've ever watched, Jack, any of the Bo Burnham specials where it is kind of this mix of um, comedy, music, there's a multimedia element to it, uh, certainly. Uh, but there is definitely like an undertone of darkness going on in it. Like I don't want to spoil anything that goes on because I was so like I was so entertained by it uh, that I think you should. I think you you should watch it. Um, yeah, I tend to like his stuff. I, yeah. You know, the thing is, I his stuff like ev- evokes like really passionate fandom. Yeah. Um, and for me to be what a guy. Being? Yeah. Well, yeah, but like other other people as well, like people that there's a couple of other people I know that, that are into his stuff, and I like his stuff. Like, yeah. have you seen Eighth Grade? Yeah. Did you like Eighth Grade? I liked it. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I didn't love it, but I yeah. liked it. Yeah, um, and I think that kind of stuff is I uh, I think it's good, and like I think he kind of gives a voice to like a very certain personality type of 
of, of awkwardness and you know like a- and social anxiety and stuff like that mm-hmm. and like i can viewing it through the prism and stuff and i think it's it's good but yeah i uh i never i could never fully connect to bo yeah. burnham stuff even if i really appreciate it and think it's yeah. really good it's I- like if you're seeing an incredible musician playing yeah. a style of music you don't necessarily listen to you're like holy shit that is amazing that person is super super talented i get why people like this I just don't love it, but I do appreciate it. That's kind of how I feel about him and his stuff. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, I I think even if you don't like love, love it, I think it'll be something that you'll um, appreciate having watched for the, the craft and the thought that goes into it. Yeah. Like the dude is, is sickeningly multi-talented for a guy that's oh. a year younger than me, nearly two years younger than me. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like the guy is amazing. Like the things he can yeah. do and the way he expresses himself at a top notch. Mm. Um, the other thing I watched literally just today before we recorded this was this week's episode of Dark Side of the Ring and holy shit like people were talk. I've seen people on Twitter talk about how like this season a lot of the topics you know there was some dark stuff in it but you know the overall like say for example the episode about Nick Gage there is some dark stuff in it but on the whole it's a story of like uh this crazy fucked up dude and his redemption you know there's a lot of light moments in it so it doesn't (laughs) feel overly weighty love when he got caught on camera yeah in the robbing the bank and then it cuts to john moxley he's just like i saw that and i was like that's fucking nick gage robbing that bank (laughs) (laughs) dude who goes to the ring for every match wearing a mask the one time he doesn't is when he robs a bank (laughs) (sighs) um this week was uh the story of grizzly smith uh, better known as the father of Jake the Snake Roberts and of Rock and Robin and of yeah. um, Sam was his ring name Sam Roberts or Sam Smith but yeah there's there's three of them who broke into the business anyway and like I think people who saw Beyond the Mat will have a like a fairly decent idea of what that man was like uh, a monstrously violent rapist and pedophile uh oh jesus be, christ <laughs> yeah yeah and an incestuous one as well um yeah i mean he, yeah he, like genuinely it is a high bar but maybe one of if not the worst person to have been associated with the wrestling business i mean that is the the bar is like sergey bubka with a fucking hole, could not yeah. get over that bar, Dave. Yeah. So that it's, is... It, like, a, just wow. a horrendous human being. And it's like, it is proper. That's what I mean. Like, a lot of the shows this season have been kind of not overly dark. There's been darkness for sure, but there's also been light where there's dark. But this is like 99% like heavy fucking duty stuff. Spares no details. Um, that must be pretty really triggering to watch. It's so hot. It's so hard. It's a great production. It's a great episode, and everybody should watch it. But it, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's a harrowing watch. And like the thing about it is, even though like the last thirty seconds or so of it ends on a pretty high note, because you're talking about how like Jake now has been sober for ten years, which is incredible. Yeah. And obviously, he's got his gig in AEW now, so he's back in wrestling as well. Um, you know, it seems like Robin and the other brothers are 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 in a better position than they were now. But the rest of the whole hour is just how this 
fucking cunt just destroyed <laughs> oh, God. their lives to the point where like none of the siblings are really even friendly with each other do you know like Jake is talking about how he's 65 years old and he hopes that one day maybe he him and Robin could have some sort of relationship because they'd like to be friends but you know when you've all been through that and the thing that unifies you together is that man and those experiences I imagine it's very tough to yeah. navigate any sort of a relationship without it being incredibly traumatic and, and triggering and, and all that um, and you know none of them really try to like they th- they talk about how a couple of the siblings talk about how layered and traumatic it was that like they know he did all this stuff and yet still when he died a couple of them were really devastated by his death because like you know he's this absolute monster he ruined all our lives but also he's our blood you know it's a yeah. real fucking it's, your, it's, it's, your, it's still your dad like your dad and something yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that I always think when, like, you know, enter the name of genuinely hideous celebrity dies, yeah. um, and everybody's kind of dancing on the grave of, of, of whoever it is. Yeah. And then there's, like, you know, you'll see, like, a message or a tweet from, like, somebody that's, like, a, you know, like, a family member or something, and they're, like, you know, this person was still my blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, some people will just be like straight up, yeah, there's no sympathy from me. This person was awful. And that's a completely fair take to have. But I don't know what it is with me. There's still like that little 5% of like, oh, God, that is actually a point. I do actually feel bad for that person. Not the person that died, but the person who has to live through everyone dancing on the grave of yeah. their relative who they probably feel pretty conflicted about anyway. Yeah. And um, that must be a really weird position for for someone to be in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, thoroughly recommended episode, but really brace yourself for it. And I don't think it's one you're going to be jumping back to watch, like the Nick Gage one or the Herb Abrams one or any of the wackier ones. Collision in Korea. I mean, I'll Collision definitely rewatch that at some point. Yeah. That was glorious. Um, another thing I've watched, so I have one thing I've watched and one thing I've listened to as a brief wreck at the end, but uh, something else I've watched this week, because it's on Disney Plus now, uh, for the first time in many years is Angel the Buffy spinoff. Okay. Um, now, I, was, I feel like this is something that wouldn't have aged well for different yeah, reasons. Yeah. So this is the thing. I have all, like, because the more time came out, even before people <clears throat> realized what a piece of shit he was last year, the more time went on, the more you'd hear stories about how, well, actually, he wrote and directed very little of his own stuff. <laughs> And was more the kind of guy who puts a load of real talented people into a room, shouts at them a bunch, and then takes credit for all their work. Okay. Um, so I now feel less bad about enjoying his stuff. Well, this is the thing, is that in, in a lot of ways that makes me feel worse. It would have made me feel worse at the time while the show was still in progress, but looking back in hindsight, it helps somewhat that it there's like help. that additional layer of detachment directly from yeah. it. Um. And Angel was always this weird thing. Like, I loved it back in the day. I think one thing even fans would say it definitely has over Buffy is got a fucking rip-roaring theme song with that bit of string section in it. Um, it's do they awesome. not use Angel by Massive Attack for Angel? They, they do not. Oh. Um, is that song at any stage in the show? I'm not sure. That's I'll, a huge, I'll let you know if, if I keep up with it. Huge missed um, opportunity, because that thing slaps. So it, it's an interesting one. Like, it's proper 
TV crossover in as much as, you know, this this character people loved in the old show is going off to do his own adventures now, but stay tuned because an old friend might pop by from time to time. Because immediately in the first episode, you get Cordelia, Ch- Cordelia Chase, who is like the, you know, the Miss Popular in Sunnydale. And she comes because she's trying to be an actress. It's set in LA. She's trying to be an actress, but it's not going too well. So she ends up being like his sort of like, because he's doing the private detective thing now. Uh, she ends up like being the running the office for him. Um, Are you, you saying get, it's like Magnum PI but with vampires? You know, it's not dissimilar. What I was actually going to say was the thing I, that because I have probably haven't watched it since about fourteen or fifteen, like from the start. But the one thing that really they are beating you over the head with uh, very early on is Angel is Batman, Angel is Batman, Angel is <laughs> Batman. There are so many like moody poses and just like really they frame him in shots like Batman. And he obviously he wears the long leather jacket and that looks like a cape. Uh it's got it's so Batman and they start off with like you know the vignettes you'd expect from a Batman show where the show will start off with a completely unrelated segment of him saving a damsel in distress or something like that or whomping some generic demons or criminals in a dark alley somewhere um, and you'll get moments of him pensively reflecting while standing on top of a building or, or you know in the <laughs> Bowery the or something <laughs> yeah like it, it is I am the night shit so that stuff is real that stuff that I would probably credit to Joss Whedon because he is a he he was a master of the fucking subtlety hammer back in the day. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it's it's a real like it's a real product of the time. It's again, it's one of those where I don't think anyone who isn't completely bought in and has a nostalgia factor is gonna like. I know it gets going and it gets better after a while, but the ser- first season so far is just like I'm enjoying it because these are characters I've been with since like I watched Buffy when it was a first run show on on Sky over here. So like I've been watching that show since I was what like it would be maybe eight or nine years old. Um, wow. Yeah, because my you see my my auntie that I used to stay with all the time was a huge fan and watched it all the time so that's how I ended you know like you always have that like I had cousins who watched South Park so I was watching South Park for pretty much when it started yeah, back same. in the day Way even, though, even though I yeah, really shouldn't have and the same with Buffy like I don't know I, like I was just getting the, the action out of it like the kind of soapy teen romance stuff was going clean over my head for many years but yeah. um yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I'm interested to see how I feel about it as an adult when it really properly gets going. Um, the fun is based mainly on nostalgia now. Like, when you get, like, Spike comes into it for a couple of episodes in the first season and, you know, there, there's callbacks to this and that. And Do we get Willow? Um, I think she shows up at some stage in it. Like, most... Like, uh, Oz, Seth Green, is in one of the first few episodes. Huh. Um, So, like, they're definitely... There's definitely a concerted feeling to try and get the Buffy audience to stay on and watch Angel. Um, I, I just love because the shows, Hannigan at that point in yeah, time. She was, the, like, everything. The shows are running parallel for the first couple of seasons, so Buffy hasn't finished yet. Um, so you do get some things that continue on from one show to the other, um, even though they're set in different places. Like, like a Flash bit, and Arrow, so, basically. So, yeah, so there's a bit where, like, I remember, I can't remember what season one or season two, where, like, <clears throat> Angel briefly goes back to Sunnydale for an episode of Buffy, and then she comes to LA for an episode of Angel. 
And there's other people like Faith comes in to uh, Angel for a while. Yeah, there's a lot of cross-pollination to try and get the in because they ended up running for, I think, five seasons. So they... I think they maybe outlasted Buffy by about a year. I could be wrong on that, but uh, yeah, hmm. it's interesting. It's um, it's definitely feels like a, a trip on the nostalgia train. The one I didn't want to go back and watch uh, too soon after the whole uh, Joss Whedon being gotten rid of is Firefly because that's the one at the time I felt the fondest for. Yeah, that is that's the best thing he ever. Did other than maybe that first Avengers movie, which is fantastic. I mean, I lo- I love Buffy as well, but like as a title, because like, it's like what 13, 14 episodes of Firefly, like as a just contained package of greatness. It's yeah, it's it's tough to beat. But again, I'm hoping that's a case of I don't see his fingerprints as much as his writers and the the cast of characters. But then as well, like you want to talk about things that are tainted, like fucking Adam Baldwin <laughs> is a massive uh, piece of shit now. Yeah, so, Alan yeah. Tudyk is pure and great pure uh, joy and we must protect him yeah um so yeah the the little uh recommendation i have i was telling you this during the week jack is that i have been listening to saint vincent so much this uh, last yeah. week or two it started off as like because i knew she had a new album coming out but a couple of weeks ago i started listening to loads of talking heads again always a great shout to listen to some talking heads um but then that got me onto the album that um david byrne did with saint vincent which i think was called love this giant uh which i really enjoy and then that got me right back uh off the saint vincent wagon and i just started like listening to all her albums and then the new album dropped uh daddy's home which is really good uh the best way i can describe it is smoky's 70 lo- 70s lounge aesthetic but better it's, than that last shitty Arctic Monkeys record where they tried oh, to do the same, Oh, definitely right? better than that, yeah. yeah. I still think, like, there's stuff from the past I probably would have, like, I would put right up the top for her. Um, yeah, I wouldn't the say self-titled this record. Self-titled Slaps. record, yeah. Um, you know, uh, she has a lot of great singles throughout her, her discography as well. Um but I yeah, I definitely recommend Daddy's Home. It's it's really good. I think she got a bit of a pacing for it because um people thought of it as kind of like a boohoo rich kid <laughs> record because uh it's all about her her father getting yeah. going to prison and getting released and he got done for like was it like insider trading or insurance yeah, fraud it was, or something? It was like, a yeah. white collar situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, like I just, I, I think she's a, just a phenomenal artist. And mm, like, yeah. it, one thing I really appreciate about her is that she, like, she has hit success with maybe like two or three different versions of herself and her style. And the easy thing to do would be just to keep making that same record again and again and again. But like every record, you listen to them one after the other and they're so dynamically different from one another. It's like, she's clearly just doing it because it's what she wants to do rather than be yeah. preoccupied with sales. And I like that, you know, she's not yeah. getting stuck in a rut. And even if it isn't as commercially as successful, I think this will probably be one of the ones that is, because there's a couple of pretty chill, radio-friendly tunes on it. Yeah. I think um, um, it's one of those really ones into where, that aesthetic at the moment as well. Yeah. Where, like, Fiona Apple walked so she could run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're going to compare her, I think, to anyone like in in the recent history of like the last 20 or 30 years of music i think fiona apple is probably the most apt comparison because there are lots of people that have kind of risen up in that 
that sort of oeuvre of you know yeah. like Regina experimental Spectre. yeah regina specter um for a while everyone thought lord was gonna be that but just because yeah. just because ah, just kind of wasn't basically yeah. um but yeah some vincent has kind of maintained that she's she's just a very quality musician so she's maintained that presence in in you know popping in every couple of years bringing an album out and being a yeah. bit of a oh, a strange goofy yeah. kind of artist in a good yeah. way um in, yeah. in that way reminiscent in some ways as well of pj harvey in as much as yeah. the just marching to beat your own drum and then showing up yeah. collaborating with other people because <laughs> she's like she's also done stuff on the side like she's written some songs for like taylor swift and for jack antonoff and stuff like that so she's clearly just going by oh this seems like a thing i'd be interested in trying and obviously she didn't did not only the album with david byrne who's one of her heroes but also went like did a full tour with a brass band and David David Byrne, yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Yeah. Re- pretty good album. So I recommend that. Jack, cool. it, it, I was going to say if we're talking about music, I've been listening to like early two thousands post hardcore all week. Um. Yeah. So like hundred reasons. Uh. Hell is for heroes. Uh. Garica Ruben. Um. <laughs> shout out all of those guys because. Uh, yeah, they uh, they they flew too soon with Wings of Wax because uh, they kind of disappeared like mid to late two thousands when the indie boom kicked off. Yeah, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to look here. What else will be? Is there anything else I can uh, throw a wreck towards? Because it's it's uh, God, it's it really has been a lot of uh, a lot of talking heads and uh, Saint Vincent this week for me. Yeah, there's nothing else I can really see. Yeah, uh, if anyone likes Although Lost Campesinos, I- they just brought out like a new seven track EP today, which is like offcuts from previous era of that band and that is very good had listened to that earlier i did get a song stuck in my head that had been stuck in it before is it the mr blobby song from last week no it's it's uh you know the mighty cyrus midnight sky because it's it's so stevie nicks edge of 17 vibe to it that like one of the best songs ever yes uh, whenever i hear midnight sky on the radio it's in my head for about two days so i end up having to play it a few times on spotify to get it out of there did Um, jack black kind of ruin edge of 17 for you a little (laughs) bit or make it better make it better but like whenever i now hear edge of 17 i just think of him like doing the lip sync to it in the bar opposite joan cusack that was that was news this week as well the guy the the kid who was the drummer in in school School of rock died died. yeah Yeah. that is yeah rough freddy like in the school of rock uh yeah that's that just sucked because yeah it was I remember, like my age i think yeah he i think he was a uh, maybe a year or two younger than than me and that was yeah. the i remember watching school of rock and that was the first a time perfect I, movie by the way perfect yeah out oh, so good so good written by mike white as well he plays ned schneebly in that um mm. who doesn't get nearly the credit he deserves as a screenwriter i think he's, he's fantastic but uh yeah I, that was the first movie that i remember watching and i'm like oh there are kids younger than me that have more talent than me <laughs> i was like maybe 14 15 when i watched it and i was watching these kids just absolutely smashing it you yeah, know it's shredding yeah exactly and i just picked up a guitar like a year or two prior to that and i was like oh man <laughs> <laughs> the new generation's coming and it takes a really specific sort of person to be paranoid about that before i even hit my 20s yeah. uh but yeah that was my thought process but yeah r.i.p man he was talented and yeah I, I don't know what happened i i didn't really read too much into it because it just bummed yeah, me out too much car, i think oh that's fucking awful yeah yeah just yeah that that sucks um but you know in his memory go rewatch that movie because that movie has not aged we're going to talk about things at the start of this segment that might have aged or whatever poorly that movie has not aged poorly in the slightest no uh 
and like the one bit where it's like you would think like he's saying something like slightly wrong in a or in a weird way that he doesn't mean whatsoever and then all the kids immediately just like oh what the fuck are you talking that's disgusting because he's saying it so in such a fucked up way and call him out on his shit right away and that scene is it's hilarious as well uh but yeah great movie uh dave should we even talk about some stuff that we've played I mean, this I week? guess so. I got fucking nothing, mate. Yeah. Uh, I've yeah, had weeks I, like that. I've had weeks I, like that. It's been, like I said, it's been a week in work. So when I've had time to play, it's mainly been FIFA. I, I dusted off uh, our good friend Honey Talk uh, to check out the, you get the, if you had the disc version of the PS4 uh, remaster of one and two, you could get the the even shinier PS5 version for a tenner. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I got that and, and played it some. Uh, but looks, like, what, what can you say that hasn't already been said? Yeah, it looks real good on a PS5. Yeah, it um, looks real pretty um, and FIFA good. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, without football expert Mark Robinson here, who can say? Yeah, it's not fair to talk about anything football related without Mark. Uh, so I have been playing and Mark will probably give his opinion on this when he returns to the show uh, very soon. Knockout City. Um, which I believe at this point is sponsored by Barry Murphy. I'm not yeah. entirely sure, though. He is a Knockout City indoor, uh, sponsored athlete, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how much of this have you seen, Dave? What What are the impressions and, and stuff that you have of the game? So I've played through the tutorial, and that's about all I've had time to do. Uh, and yeah, it feels fun. It feels like it's going to be one of those games that, like everybody plays for like a month or six weeks maybe two months uh and then you know by the time we're doing game of the year at the end of the year someone's like do you remember that knockout city was this year dave there are times where me and you and our opinions line up so much that i'm genuinely (laughs) terrified because yes that is almost exactly how i feel about the game having played through it now don't get me wrong i I love i love any time that i've played it it's so much fun Um, i'm so hyped that there is a dodgeball game yeah it's like a sort of uh a a three-on-three dodgeball game set in like a you know futuristic looking metropolis yet everybody is like a 50s throwback greaser um with like the there's kind of the whole diner aesthetic to it and you know the big like hair and the leather jackets and stuff which i think is a really cool um like slightly off off kilter aesthetic to go for you know like when you think about games and the way they're stylized now um and and trying to make things look hyper modern to get kids into it but yeah it's like no let's go let's throw back to some greaser aesthetic you know i think that's pretty cool um and the the levels and yeah the the levels feel a bit like splatoony kind of levels to me a little bit um in the way that they're structured but uh the if you just look at the general like colors and shading and stuff of the game it's like very much like hey kids you like fortnite maybe come play (laughs) knockout city in the in like the kind of way it looks uh on the screen but it's just fun man like you play through the tutorials you learn like all the different shots you know like the lob shot the curve shot you know the fact that you can throw a teammate up in the air and then they can sort of guide themselves and land and like take a few people out at once you learn all that stuff very quickly and then if you're me all that stuff that you've learned where you're like yes i am a knockout city master the second you go into a live game with other actual real people you immediately forget all of it and just become a gibbering idiot you're like ah fuck where's the ball i need to throw it oh i'm dead fuck what happened (laughs) 
<laughs> was was my first hour of playing Knockout City where I was just like I've had, I've had an absolute shocker here. I need to be a bit more composed because the second I start playing the game, composure just completely goes out the window. It's yeah. very much one of those you know manic experiences if you don't fully know what you're doing where you're just kind of grasping the air trying to get a dodgeball pressing the block button every now and then in the sort of vague and vain hope that you might block a shot that's coming at you probably from nowhere but then Mm. once you kind of get it down a little bit you know you 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 go through with a team where a couple of people kind of know what they're doing it lets you then sort of take a bit more of a backseat initially learn how to pick people off learn a couple of the shots like the curve shot and um, and the lob shot are super useful when you're in different environments and stuff like that i I've, i've found myself doing so far you just start playing the game and enjoying it and it is it's one of those like you say it's it is a super disposable uh, game but it's easy to pick up it's easy to play if you play it with friends you know like if you're on a chat to some friends and you're playing it or whatever like you you would have a ball with it you'd have a blast with it um i haven't actually played it with with anyone yet and i think that that would be kind of a true proving ground i'm, I'm jack show host on xbox series s if anybody wants to have me and play shout knockout out. city with me yep shouting myself out or just send me the word fart via message because you know that's kind of how i get down that um, is how he communicates <laughs> that's how i communicate uh fart ethers but yeah this uh this this knockout city it, it it's something that will put a smile on your face but as you've mentioned and as i was kind of getting towards i do feel like in two or three months time i'm probably not going to be playing the game like i don't think it's the sort of game that is really going to put down lasting roots because you you played it you played it you had your fun with it and then you're like right what are they going to do with it like it doesn't seem like the sort of game where they could really you know do like season two of 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 knockout c season three of knockout c because you could probably maybe have a few more courses but they'd have to start like varying balls and there's a couple of different power-up balls already it's like a moon ball and a multi-ball and stuff like that which is which are cool but i don't really see a lot of room for growth in it as it is at the moment and i could be wrong you know it took Fortnite like what like a good year or so to develop and find out like well or basically just knock <laughs> knock off like player unknowns battlegrounds and figure out a way for for them to kind of make a game that everybody wants to keep coming back to and that's completely possible with knockout city but yeah knockout city is an absolute blast but it it just does feel like one of those disposable like uh, massive multiplayer games where you just have a laugh and then move right on to the next thing um but yeah i've uh I, I enjoyed the time i spent with it like i'm glad in terms of like game of the year when we get to multiplayer sponsored by sean mcgee that i'll be able to shout it out but i'm sure you know if if, if anyone tried to get knockout city over i'm sure he'd be shooting it down <laughs> pretty quick snap as it yeah. goes but yeah knockout city i definitely think especially if you've got the uh, game pass and you're a big phil spencer disciple you can play it for free right now um so you should go on and go and download it and add jack show host on xbox and send me a message that says far and we can play yeah that's the only that's the only condition under which you will play yeah (laughs) otherwise what what's the point you know uh and yeah fucking knockout city guys check it out you'll have a blast and you'll have a good time um yeah that's it for the the played section this week uh moving into the news uh, oh by the way dave i just want to mention very important anyone that plays pokemon go Play it on Sunday. It is Gibble Community Day. This is your chance to go out there, get a bunch of decent Gibble, including Shinies, 
get yourself an army of Garchomp so you can absolutely tear ass in this game. Genuinely uh, feels like you might have made up the word gibble. Uh, down and there to see if I just go along with it. Also, I realise I'm saying this on Friday. The show's gone up on Monday. It would have been yeah. yesterday. You've absolutely fucked it. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> I'm that's sure staying in, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I can't be bothered. I, I can't be bothered to go back and take it out. I just have my COVID jab. I'm absolutely knackered. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is uh, yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to Gibblecom Day on Sunday. You know, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. You snooze, you lose, guys. You've missed it already. Yeah, it's too late, but I hope you caught many shinies. And uh, yes, may we all come together with Garchomp. You know, add me on uh, on, on uh, Pokemon Go. Send me a message, like a, a Twitter message, direct message, just that says fart. And then I'll send you my, uh, I'll send you my Pokemon Go code and we can be friends. The, like, um, in the news this week, Jack, um, something that I have mixed feelings about because one, I think it's good for developers or platform holders to temper expectations because people get carried away with themselves coming into E3 season. But also they've definitively ruled out one of my guesses uh, getting me a point uh, where Deep Silver have come out and basically given the list of games you won't be seeing at E3. Uh. Uh, and that is Dead Island, Saints Row, Metro, and Time Splitters. You won't see any of that. I think we knew about Time Splitters because that team literally just got formed a few months ago. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, you know, I had made it one of my moonshots that we would see the new Saints Row. I had kind of a feeling we wouldn't see Dead Island because, you know, we'll talk about that in another story this week about how there's a game by the people who made the original Dead Island that's coming out this year that they might want to get out of the way of. Um... But yeah, what do you think about this, like, uh, developers coming out and going, you're absolutely under no circumstances going to see these games? Because, like, partly I think, like I said, I think it's a great one, but then I think you're going to get the absolute loons working themselves into a shoot that's saying, oh, they said they won't, which means they definitely will. <laughs> yeah, those are people that have watched the uh, wrestling booking of Vince Russo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was but- going to say Spurs fans, most of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> yeah, let me see. Where where's Conte? Is he coming? Is he? I, I uh, no, so. actually, uh, as of uh, ten minutes ago, he uh, Spurs called off interest in him. Oh, really? Yes, because yeah. they were really interested, and that was really going to happen anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to work myself <laughs> into a promo about Spurs in the uh, in the section here, just because it will upset a friend of the show, Matt Niner, probably. Um, but say. I think it's. I, I actually think it's a positive move because, yeah, Dave, you are going to get people that that work themselves into a shoe and feel like, oh, you know, that means that they've told us it's not going to happening. Hush, hush. So it might happen. But I think for the like the sensibly minded among us, I think what's worse is coming out of an E three press conference where you were kind of hoping or had maybe been hinted at that you were going to get something because you know online rumors are so easy to circulate now all it takes is like one sort of respected game journalist with a hunch that somebody had thrown them in the industry to to set like you know the twitter the twitterverse alight with with speculation and for them to just frankly say like no look it's not ready you're not going to get it at e3 it's a good thing because yeah. it, it's less likely that people come out of watching the press conferences disappointed i know in the past we you know not just because i want to score points on our e3 pre- prediction <laughs> game but i sat and watched e3 press conferences thinking oh, i'd love it if they did and then they don't do it and even though there was like no necessary kind of warning sign that they might do the thing that i was interested in 
just knowing that it wasn't going to happen, I think would would temper my expectations, and it it means I would be less disappointed if I knew something wasn't coming. I, I don't know about yeah. you, but that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely there's there's like a little ten percent to me that's like, oh, I kind of like the mystery, so that if everybody said these things aren't showing up, I'd be kind of like ah, a little bit. But you know, on the whole, I think it is better to do that than not yeah but but they're not saying what is so yeah, like yeah, you have that element of the mystery still there yeah 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 it's true that's true uh speaking of e3 like there's always some leaky ship coming into e3 there was one year where like the majority of people had loads of stuff leak uh so it is a yearly tradition that somebody has leaks before e3 and it appears this year it was the turn of 2k jack um, a number of upcoming 2K games have leaked ahead of E3. Um, this was first leaked on Reddit, but then verified by the one and only Jason Schreier. Um, as you'd expect, NBA 2K22 is on the cards. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki is one of the cover stars. Um, there's a project called uh, Codename Daffodil, which is a Borderlands spin-off featuring Tiny Tina with a final name that may be Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Um, <laughs> I feel like a- that... <laughs> Tiny Tina's Wonderlands feels like a video you would have to go into a curtain section of a store yeah. back in the day to yeah. get. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, uh, that's based on a recent Gearbox trademark filing. They're, they're guessing that name. Um, it's said to be in the same style as the mainline Borderlands games. This is an interesting one, <laughs> Unless Jack. Unless Tiny Tina's Wonderlands was... <laughs> was what was... <laughs> was what... <laughs> <laughs> was was what was on that drive that they found at medieval times <laughs> yeah oh man <laughs> i'm sorry for that joke <laughs> don't be uh, oh, this dear. is an interesting one uh codename coda is said to be a new marvel themed xcom style turn-based strategy game from well Fear now Access. interesting yeah somebody's um, got to take those marvel characters and use them in a thing that doesn't suck surely yeah, this next one made my brain fall out of my head. Uh, Codename Volt is a new action game in early development described as, wait for this, Jack, Cthulhu meets Saints Row. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Lovecraft versus Gangsters. What's, what? I cannot put those two things together in my head. No, I really can't. <laughs> I would be easy, it would be easier for me to put together the idea of Cthulhu being in Saints Row than a game that is Cthulhu meets Saints Row. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, what, what does, that, does that just mean, like, Cthulhu is there in the hood trying to make his way, do a few jobs and work his way up to the top of the, the food chain? You know, just like, I'd love it if Cthulhu was just a normal character in a Saints Row game and you just controlled him and his destruction of a city. That that would make, uh, that would, that would make something interesting. But yeah, I don't know how you marry those two styles together at all. Oh, but you know what? I'll be there day one. Oh, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> because that sounds like, you know, when people have genuinely um, new and interesting ideas and things in the gaming industry, then I, I'm all for it. For it. I might not necessarily always like it, but I appreciate it a hell of a lot more than just that, like... That it, idea has two settings and it's garbage fire or game of the year. And either way, I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Either way, it's probably winning one of the categories at the... Uh, <laughs> Link to you the cast game of the year. You, yeah, you're you're not having Cthulhu meet Saints Row and have it be bang average, like absolutely not. No. Um. So, uh, game I alluded to earlier on. This was great news this week. We got a, a gameplay trailer and re debut for Dying Light Two, which is coming out in December. 
gameplay looks fun. It looks like they're really trying to, like, I thought when originally it was announced, I thought they were just going to do the safe thing and do similar characters, same setting, and just do, like, more of the same, but more. Uh, it seems like they've really had a go to try and expand this universe and uh, really do something a bit different with it. Um it remains to be seen how that goes, but the 7th of December is the date. I am excited for it. Uh, Jack, were you a Dying Light guy, or did you see much of that game when it came out? So I didn't play it. I was kind of familiar with it. Um, I respect the fact that uh, it's a survival horror game coming out at the time when survival horror had kind of really genuinely fallen off a cliff. And it's funny, you, you kind of wonder how much... I mean, obviously Resident Evil like as a franchise was, was still a still a brand name but you wonder how much of like the inspiration from dying light coming out and having the critical acclaim and the attention that it did at the time helped like people reinvest in the survival horror genre so that when resident evil came out as a genuine like seven as a genuine banger of a game everybody was like okay survival horror is a viable genre for us to make in the video games industry again so i think like since that had happened because i mean what was it 2014 2015 dying light uh god i'm trying to think i think maybe 25 i think 2015 is is about right for it um it came out in january and it definitely wasn't 2016 because that was hitman yeah so that yeah because that came out in 2015 and then like uh resident evil 7 honestly came out like a year or two after that and it was like right survival 15 yeah january 26 2015 and it had been delayed i remember because they (laughs) Uh, something happened with the stock so people who ordered it physically didn't get it till like three weeks later and Techland had to like bundle some you know some skins and stuff like that with it to be like sorry (laughs) fair enough yeah I mean that was probably a big scandal at the time but in the years since in video games that wouldn't even get close to being a a, a slight blip on the radar now Um, but yeah I, I think it's cool um I think it's the time for for Dying Light to come back to uh, a genre that I think it helped uh, recontextualize and repopularize um, in sort of mainstream games. And uh, yeah, you know, after Resident Evil 8, look at the success that's had this year. I mean, obviously there's a lot of people that are just like, I'm a Resident Evil fan, so I'm going to play a Resident Evil game. But I do think, yeah. like, after Resident Evil 8, I think people might still be chosen for a bit more of the old survival horror, so they might give this a shout towards the end of the year. I don't know if any of that kind of makes sense to you. Yeah, I like, I'm really excited for it. I feel like it was a game that nailed what the, those developers were trying to do with the original Dead Island a lot better than Dead Island ever did. I also felt like it was one of the best applications of uh, that kind of parkour style of uh, moving around maps that like Mirror's Edge and stuff went for. Yeah, I felt it was much better than that. I felt like the world you were in felt really dangerous and interesting and and layered. Um, the whole day-night dynamic where, you know, most of the zombies are kind of uh, ambling and, you know, provided you always have a way out, it's, uh, you know, it's doable to traverse the city during the day. But if you go outside at night, there are fucking things that only roam in the night that you are almost definitely going to get torn to shreds by immediately. 
Um, so it adds like getting stuck outside at night becomes this massive panic and it's really cool and there are points in the game that kind of there's a couple of moments where it forces you to have to traverse the city at night and it's like your heart your heart is in your mouth as you're doing it and yeah it's really good and it's one of those games again where like those resident evil reboot games that you mentioned they're first person and that is a turn off to some people nowadays that are used to the the third person style of game but i feel for this is one of those genres that i think first person makes it hit harder um yeah. i think it's really good i would also say the crafting is cool in it where you can get your melee weapons and craft like you can get like a table leg and then like craft nails onto the end of it or craft like elemental effects onto it so you can have like an electric charge uh on the end of your table leg or or, or whatever your melee weapon is uh yeah that shit is cool that game rocks and i hope that like if uh like, if Dying Light 2 is half as good as Dying Light 1 was, I'm going to have a blast. So, yeah, I'm down for it. Yeah, anything that involves parkour is always fun. Yeah, And, like, you know, part of me is miffed that it's going to come out after our uh, closing for Game of the Year this year, but I would be confident I'll be probably the only one of the four of us that will get significantly through it. I can't remember if Barry was a Dying Light guy. Uh, but, I, yeah, I'll certainly be. This will be my, my playing over Christmas game. I'm very excited. Mm. Um, what do we have next on the Heath, my friend? Oh, uh, yes. I, I'll tell you what, I'm going to leave this one to you as the Far Cry correspondent. Jesus. Um, we have yet another cycle of news stories about controversy around Far Cry and political content. Please, Jack. Uh, I mean, to sum it up. <laughs> <laughs> to sum it to up. sum it up, I'm tired. Yeah, it was like, it was kind of like what it, it started out feeling like the same deal as Far Cry 5, right? Where they're making a game that looks like it's obviously set in a very particular background, which you can't get away from any sort of political issues. Yet, Far Cry 5, they came out and they're like, oh, our game's not political. No, it's just set in this thing with these people that kind of look like they're, you know, right wing fundamentalist Christians who like flags and stuff. But that's not political. There's nothing political about it. Uh, and this time the game is set in uh, in Cuba. Uh, and yeah, so they kind of, the company kind of try to claim the same thing again where they're like, oh, this isn't political. And then there was a big backlash against them this time and then the director of the game came out and went oh no it's super political there's politics all over this thing (laughs) and it's like oh you just kind of lost but yeah so far cry 6 narrative director navid kavari issued a lengthy statement on the politics of the game it's like (laughs) and if you read it it's proper like no there's politics look we got this politics and that politics and oh there's a politics like oh we're not doing this fucking dance again here you are yeah exactly uh yeah kavari sought to reassure fans of Far Cry 6 would include hard relevant discussions about the rise of fascism in a nation the costs of imperialism forced labour the need for free and fair elections LGBTQ plus rights and more within the context of Yara the game's fictional Caribbean island setting so yeah it sounds like they're trying hard to avoid the, the the people that run the company are trying hard to avoid the political discussion and the people making the game are trying hard to avoid being having the piss ripped out of them for being apolitical so now you've kind of got two like weirdly warring factions here uh and yeah 
Our story is political, Gavari commented. A story about modern revolution must be. And that is absolutely right. Isn't this something we we said very recently with the IGN yeah. stuff? Is that, like, the, the, the period in history it, during which these companies could have the luxury of not taking a stance on certain things has been it's and done. gone, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, you know, anybody who doesn't think trying to remain apolitical is in itself a political statement, you know, like, come on. Like, it, it, everything is political, even remaining non-political. Yeah. You can get away with that shit in the 90s. Like, when Michael Jordan like when Michael, Michael Jordan says Republicans buy sneakers too because he doesn't want to endorse a, a Democratic candidate in the city of Chicago. You know, some, yeah. in the 90s, some people respected that. They're like, oh, this man just kind of, you know, he's protecting his money or whatever. Whereas now, people are like, no, they, they'd be like, fuck Michael Jordan. And I'm like, you know, Michael Jordan now realizes how wrong he was about that and even took a hugely political yeah. stance last year in, in, the, uh, in the George Floyd case, which is something you'd never do. So it's like, if people like Jordan are taking political stances, then the kind of age of being able to stand on the sidelines and say nothing is over. Um, we'll leave you with uh, uh, an, an interesting story that may uh, it may tickle your fancy, Jack. It'll definitely tickle the fancy of one Mark Robinson, but Two Point Hospital, which was the uh, team hospital spiritual successor that came out last year, or the year before, um, is getting a, a, a sequel of sorts, uh, their next Two Point game, which will be Two Point Campus, a university simulator is the next project from Two Point Studios. That's according to a Microsoft store listing for the game, which popped up online yesterday and has now been taken off uh, offline. Screenshots show normal university activities such as jousting and giant pizza cooking. We've all been there. As well as university buildings themed around Hogwarts-style classes and European city squares. Like with Two Point Hospital, you'll be crafting buildings and then classrooms. Uh, there's no release date yet, but the Microsoft store listing suggests we'll hear about the game officially very soon. Uh, I imagine maybe over E3 season. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. And the screenshots look great. Uh, I'd be down for that. Yeah. I uh, I didn't actually get around to playing Two Point Hospital in the end, which... I think you'd quite like it. It might be one of those ones that you'd lose quite a bit of time to. Yeah. It's 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 got that, like... Rollercoaster uh, Tycoon element. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if they do two point roller coaster at some point, you're fucked, yeah. friend. <laughs> uh, big recommend, by the way, is the new clip on the history of roller coaster Taiku. Uh yeah. It's fantastic. It's so good. Shout out to the boy Danny O'Dwyer. Shout out to Danny O'Dwyer and shout out to Chris Sawyer, who is a strangely reclusive man for for someone that produced a property that everybody seems to love, and yet he just doesn't really get why people are still playing it. Kind of in 2021. <laughs> Uh, I will say, uh, before we wrap things up, speaking of games that might tickle your fancy, Jack, just a shout out that by the time this podcast drops, the morning after we record it actually marks the Switch release of Umarangi Generation, the game which I was hyping up just before Christmas, uh, that I described as Jet Set Pokemon Snap. Um, And I think that might be a game that you would be interested in. so check that one out it's coming out on on switch Uh, i haven't seen anyone like i haven't actually looked up to see if you know how it runs on switch but it's not exactly uh a graphical powerhouse that caused the switch to cave in on itself Uh, so i imagine it'll work pretty well and they've been working on it quite a while they they took kind of it was supposed to come out at the end of last year the switch port but they took extra time to make sure it actually worked 
uh so that that bodes well i think yeah definitely i think uh uh, there's always that kind of complication though isn't there when you're when you're making mm. something native um to the pc knowing that you can probably rely on people having a bit more power in the graphics card and then having the variability of them being able to switch up and down in terms of their graphical commitment whereas if you got like a standard piece of hardware like the switch you know you've got to fit it within a very specific bracket so i'd imagine that mm. probably takes a while to kind of iron out the creases a little bit of it but yeah it's uh yeah it it sounded like a game that I would really enjoy you know I'm still enjoying yeah. Pokemon Snap new Pokemon Snap as as we speak you know still picking this might help wean you off it when you're done <sighs> will I ever be weaned away from Pokemon related content Dave probably not, I don't think especially with two more games coming this year yeah oh I mean that's I mean to me that's the final news story is that we're getting. The, the Diamond and Pearl remakes in November, and then we're getting mm. that Legends of Arceus game in uh, in January. And oh boy, yeah, <laughs> I am so insanely interested to see more of that Legends of Arceus game, and if it really is Pokemon Breath of the Wild, because yeah. that's kind of what everybody wants. Um, it's just all wild area all the yeah, time. Yeah, and everybody was kind of with a sword and shield. You know, they 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 they, they sort of debuted the idea. It was kind of that one of those gateway video games of like, here's kind of what we could do um, yeah. if we had the opportunity to do that. And uh, that seems to me like the direction they're going in. But yeah, like a proper like walk around, explore the territory RPG for Pokemon. It's just something that um, I think everybody's been desperate for for so, yeah. so many years. Um, but yeah, I think uh, with Nintendo now confirmed to be doing bits at E3, Dave, we might get a little bit more of it. You never know. A little bit of a sneaky sneak. And a little cheeky peek. Oh, who knows? Who knows, son? <laughs> On that cliffhanger. Uh, that's the end of Link to the Cast for this week. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Mark will be back with us next week for the Euros preview. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, talk about what you like in the show, what you'd like us to cover, what you've been playing, what you've been watching, at Link to the Cast on Twitter is where you need to go. Individually, I'm at the day to Dave. Jack is at Jack Lazell. And Mark is at Lithium Project. Until next week, folks, have a good one. Yeah. See you soon. DM me fart and I'll send you my Pokemon Go code. <laughs>